Hello, everyone, and welcome to Once Upon a Binge. My name is Maureen. And I'm Paige. And today we're going to be talking about the Catching Fire book. This is the farthest we've gotten in episode terms, I feel like. so. (laughs) I'm so proud of us. (laughs) Even though at this point I haven't edited a single episode, we have at least recorded episodes, so that's a thing. That's what counts. That's what's important. We're still sticking with it. (laughs) We are. So much has happened since we last recorded, (laughs) I feel like. (laughs) Yeah, what has... We recorded in between my LA and Alaska trips, right? Yes. Okay. And now I'm going on another trip after this, so that's fun. And I'm going to to LA next. Yes, and I gave her my whole (laughs) bullet journal spread of all the, like, recommendations people gave me. It was a great time. I guess let's just jump into it, because I'm so excited to talk about Catching Fire. There is one thing I'm going to say before we start that was very important news. The actor who plays Finnick O'Dare was casted as Billy Dune in Daisy Jones and the Six, and I am <laughs> so confused. I'm not angry because I'm obsessed with him as Finnick in the movies, which we'll get to in the next episode, but what? <laughs> I'm confused, but also on board, so that's that. Truly. I just need to share that information. If nobody knows what Daisy Jones and the Six is and you're listening to this, go read that um, after you finish this episode. Thank you. That is my PSA for the day. <laughs> this also may have led to another idea for episodes yes. <laughs> for the future podcast things, this announcement. So I guess stay tuned for that eventually. Just remember this. <laughs> remember this episode when you hear that announcement. <laughs> It'll be a little bit farther down because we already have our next show. So True. we'll see. Yeah. Um. All right, well, let's jump into the book because Catching Fire is my favorite of the three, and it's my favorite movie of all of them, so I love this book, and rereading it has put, like, Hunger Games really into, like, my top series. I'm like, is this my favorite series of all time? Maybe. (laughs) I don't know. Gotta reread Mockingjay and live through all that pain and then make that decision. Oh, my God. So, see, I had a different experience with this book. I still enjoyed it. But I don't think it's going to be my favorite at the end of the series. I think I'm really going to enjoy Mockingjay for reasons we'll get into later. Interesting. I (laughs) I don't know. I feel like maybe I will like Mockingjay more when I read it. I remember everyone being so angry about Mockingjay when it came out because, I mean, obviously we had Twilight to contend with, but it was like one of the first big franchise series after Twilight, after Harry Potter where spoilers like major major characters die and everyone was so pissed everyone was mad and i enjoyed it i remember literally having a conversation with jesse and his sister because this is before i started booktube (laughs) and like talking about whether we liked it or not and i was like i liked it i thought it was good yeah like i feel like you should have expected it from the first book like people die in the first book so it's just going to be part of the entire series like obviously Nobody's going to go unscathed. And I thought when I first read this series, like when I was reading Catching Fire, that either Katniss or Peter were going to die. Like, I did not think both of them were going to get out of it at all. But then they did. But we did have a sad character death that we will get to later. Probably one of the most traumatic for me. We had a lot of sad That's true. We had a lot of sad, but I feel like there's one that was the most traumatic for me because I can, like, vividly remember it in the movie and, like, reading it in the book. Yeah, which I was know which one you're talking about. Yeah. <laughs> but we'll get there. We'll get there. Um, so yeah, so I guess we can start with just like the beginning of the book. Yeah. I like 
I didn't forget about the events of this book or the order or what happens, but mm-hmm. I kind of did a little bit. Like I oh, didn't, I, did. I didn't forget, but I just didn't remember, which sounds like the same thing, <laughs> but it's not. I like, didn't it was, forget. <laughs> it was in the deep recesses of my brain. I just wasn't something that was forward like the victory tour kind of forgot that was a thing completely what how not not like completely but i was just like oh yes the victory tour and also the fact that like the victory tour and prepping for the games is so much of the book Mm -hmm. and there's so little of the actual games like so little it's (laughs) insane how little i thought it was so much more until i reread it and i was like wait we're like almost like two-thirds of the way through when are they what Yes, I know. It's also because those games are so memorable because so much happens in that short period of time. I feel like they spend a bit more time of it in the movie, but I guess we'll find out because it's more exciting. But still, I was just like, there is not that much actual games in here. Whereas in the Hunger Games, that was like a significant portion of the book. I feel like when I was rereading this, unlike you, I, like, say we divide it into three parts, like, three acts. The second act of this book was, like, new territory for me, because I've only read the series once when I was 16, so it's been almost, like, 10 years. And so I sort of, like, halfway knew stuff that happened, but there were entire scenes that I completely didn't remember at all. And because they really condensed that part of the book, like, I feel like that was just the first third of the movie, and mm-hmm. then they spend the rest of the time in the games. Yeah. It was a completely different reading experience for me. Yeah, all of the, like, middle stuff, like, after they get the announcement that they're going back to when they actually go in the games, there's just, like, lots of things happening that I'm like, oh, yeah, yeah all of that. And, I mean, I, well, obviously I remember District 11 of the Victory Tour, but, like, the rest of the Victory Tour that I feel like they maybe kind of breeze through in the movie – like they breeze through in the books too like i feel like there's a lot of time jumping like a lot of like oh two weeks passed yeah that kind of stuff in this one yeah for sure compared to the first book oh for sure because the first book is so immediate but they have Mm -hmm. like you know like the PETA training montage that they're like this happened and then it just like (laughs) skips forward completely let's start with the victory tour and we go to district 11 well actually no we have to start with snow we have to start with snow (laughs) i forgot my favorite character excuse me (laughs) we have to start with snow and his like moment with katniss and how interesting of a conversation that is it's also such an interesting way to open up the book like, you have Katniss, like, in the woods, really, like, isn't she with Gail? She's with Gail at the beginning, right? They're in the woods. Or is she by herself? I think she's by herself because they only get to go on Sundays together. Oh, yes. She's by herself. I think she's at the lake, though, because she was like, I'm thinking a lot, and I come here when I think a lot. Um, and then she <laughs> that goes was very back. eloquent. <laughs> Thank you. <laughs> and then she goes back to her house, and her mom's like, did you enjoy your walk? And she's like, what the fuck do you mean walk? <laughs> and her mom's like, there are people here. <laughs> Is the Hamish part before or after that? No, she wakes him up on her way back for sure. Okay. So she wakes him up. Sorry, I watched the beginning of the movie before I realized that we were going to wait to do it. And it's kind of messing with my timeline. And I'm like, what happened? What didn't happen? Because I only got to that conversation in the movie. But she wakes Hamish up and that whole thing with like, her and Peta and her, like, pouring the water on him is like, you should have had Peta wake you up if you wanted, like, to be babied. Okay. Mm-hmm. Just reestablishing their dynamic. But anyway, back to the conversation with Snow. It's such a great villain move because it makes her feel like nothing she does is safe, even the woods. 
And also, this is our first time ignoring the movie where we yeah. see snow in the yeah. box. This is our it's first true. introduction. The way, like, she walks into the room, and he holds up his finger because he's reading a book. This is her yes. house, and he's like, you can wait for me to finish what I'm doing because this is technically my area. Like, such a boss move. It made me, like, respect him a little bit. Like, I hate him as a character, but, like, I could respect, like, the flex power establishment he made, like, the dominant role he made for himself in that position. Yeah, he is for sure, like, a power tripper, and he's good at it. Like, it's not like he wants the power and he's clawing for it. He's good at commanding the power in the room. And he's also so sassy. Like, he was like, let's just make this easy for ourselves by just not lying to each other, okay? (laughs) (laughs) Well, and he also, like, he knows the people he's talking to and how he can talk to them. Like, as much as he has, like, watched Katniss, he knows, like, her motivations. He knows, like, she's a straight shooter. So, like, okay, so we're going to be honest with each other. That's not something he could necessarily say to PETA, but he Mm -hmm. can say to Katniss and he knows that. Yeah, and it was kind of creepy. Like, the one part I was like, ah! he went back to being creepy was when he's leaving the room and he whispers in her ear I know about the kiss I was like sir (laughs) please leave and that part I think was so interesting because she thinks she like was like okay like this conversation wasn't my favorite but like we made it through and then that moment like makes her be like okay so nothing I do is safe because they kissed in the woods Mm -hmm. and she thought that was her safe place but it wasn't and also, I feel like I'm overanalyzing everything about Snow when we do see him in the books now, just because I know what's <laughs> coming. Because she mentions his, like, oversized lips, and I'm like, he doesn't seem like the kind of person who would just get, like, plastic surgery just for, like, aesthetic reasons. So something happened to him, minus, like, the whole, like, blood, like, the poison. Is it because of the poison that his lips are oversized? I don't know. Or is it something we're going to see in the book? We'll I can't see. remember why he... <laughs> has poison like i know it's like that's killing him but i can't remember why how that i think it was happens. just somebody like trying to get his position uh, okay like it was a power thing and then he just drank the poison and survived yeah you know he smells like blood but also the blood thing was really cool of her suzanne collins to do because it sort of is like a double entendre kind of not i don't think that's a quite what i'm looking for but like it has double meaning because, like, it's a representation of him holding on to his power no matter what. But also, it's sort of, like, his legacy because he's always coming around this blood, like, the blood on his hands, but, like, an upgraded mm. version of it. Because she can Lots always smell the blood Lots of symbolism there. Yep. <laughs> She's good at it. She really She's is. really good at that. But yeah, so the whole, like, this is her goal. She has to convince Snow that they're actually in love because he doesn't believe anything which I don't know how Katniss ever thought that that was going to be a good idea or that she was going to yeah. make it because he's like the most cynical person of all time. So like, he's never going to believe that you actually love him. But God bless, she tried. God bless her heart. She really tried. Uh, kind of to Peter's detriment, but she really did try. But at least this time he knew what she was doing. Yeah. Um. <laughs> so then they go on the victory tour and we're back with the trio. But I just love like how... Katniss, I I feel like in this book, appreciates, like, even though she doesn't necessarily agree with everything Effie does, she realizes she's from the capital and, like, grew up differently and she appreciates the talents that Effie does have. And we see her a little bit more, like, be like, okay, like, I can see people for who they are, not, like, how they grew up. And it's really an interesting transition of her mental state. 
Yeah, it's also the same with, like, her, um, stylist that we don't really see in the movies, but in the book, like, she still has an affection for them, and she actually really likes them, because she can see past their differences, just understanding that's, like, the way they grew up and they don't know any better. Yeah, because, I mean, honestly, truly, the majority of the capital is extremely ignorant, like, it doesn't excuse how they really root for all of the children's dying, but, like, they all grew up thinking that was the normal thing and also are a bit suppressed in that they're like being told like this is normal this is great this is good so it's just a really interesting dynamic like not excusing anything they do because it's still not good but it's just very like interesting that she that kind of like story she's telling with bringing more capital people in because obviously there are people who know that (laughs) there's shit going on Cinna being one of them yeah I'm glad that they took out, there's the whole section about the talents that I completely forgot was a thing. Oh my that gosh, That when yes. they go home, they have to foster talent. Obviously, Peta paints, which comes into play later on in the book. But the Katniss having fashion as her talent, <laughs> kind of, I appreciate it in the book itself. But then with the Cinna casting being a black guy, it sort of was kind of squicky because, like... Yeah giving a black guy giving you his talent so that you can pass it off as your own i was like i'm really glad they took this out of the movie because <laughs> that would not fly it's also just not really like vi- like it works for the book and it kind of brings katniss and cinna together a little bit more as characters and it yeah. grows that relationship for the eventual death of cinna which is another problem in that <laughs> I mean, yeah. it's not a problem, but, like, literally, he's, they, like, get closer for Like, him every to black character for... just gets killed in the Hunger Games. If you're Pretty black, much. you're dead. Like, sorry, I don't make the rules. Yeah, but it was really interesting how she was like, well, my talent would be hunting, but it can't be that. Yeah, or and she tried all these other things, and they didn't stick. Honestly, though, like, I love Cinna for that. Like, as much as it's not really, it's not good, like, he was just like, you're gonna do fashion he just like straight up just tells her this is what you're gonna do and i will help you yeah and it really like it solidifies their friendship in the books because you understand why she feels closer to him because they have all those phone calls and like they're working on this together yeah so that when what happens to him later on happens you actually feel the impact of it a lot more yeah so anyway on to the tour we start in district 11 aka the most explosive district (laughs) Yeah. Like the one that is primed and ready for everything. And it's really interesting. Just like you get more of the Katniss is very much a straight shooter, but she's more like reserved in this book. This is where I'm like, now I'm back to like, we talking about the Enneagram. Whenever I was in Hungry, I was like, (laughs) she's definitely an eight. But in this, I'm like, "Mm, she's kind (laughs) of a nine. Like she's like, later in the book especially she's ready to be like all right let's run away don't want to deal with any of this anymore which is definitely not an aid mood at all and she's definitely leaning a lot more in that because she's just like i don't want to deal with any of this i don't want to be part of any of this just like let me like kind of float through it make sure that president snow knows that we are lovers and that's all i need to do Mm -hmm. i feel like but by that point you would be tired of constantly fighting you would just want to like be like this is the last thing i have to do and then he's gonna leave me alone yeah but there really is no them being left alone ever again and she sort of like slowly starts to realize that like even if they survive this tour then they would have to go back to the capital every year to mentor people they would have kids the kids are probably going to be reaped like she sort of grapples with the fact that her entire future is like 
messed up now because of this one thing that happened to her. Yeah, I forgot that they that she has that conversation with Hamish when telling him about the snow conversation. He's like, "Okay, you realize this is the rest of your life. You have to yeah, like y'all are getting married, y'all are having kids. Like what he says goes. Like he's like, that's your life now. And she didn't like fully realize that before. She just thought she had to make it through. And then she's like, okay, well, yeah, great. But um, Peta in this moment, yes, is completely wholesome because I love him. Even though he's, like, a nice, quote-unquote, nice guy, like, he's the nicer of the two choices we get (laughs) in this book, he's not the stereotype of it. Like, when he's talking to her, like, she's talking about them having to pretend to love each other on the tour, and he's, he says, basically, he didn't expect her to have any affection for him anymore. Like, he's not expecting her to, like, treat him a certain way just because of what happened in the games. And I was like, he's literally subverting that trope where he expects just because he's nice to a girl, she's going to like him. Like, God bless him. (laughs) He's like the nice boy, but he's also like a pure soul. It's not just Mm -hmm. that he's like the nice guy. It's that he has such a pure heart. And you see that also in District 11 where like Katniss is just like floating through this stage that they have to be on because she like she was like I would write something but I literally have I don't know what to say to ruin Thresh's parents like what can you even say in that situation Mm -hmm. and Peter just like whips out the like we're gonna give them one month of our winnings for the rest of our lives and that's like game changing for them but such a like terrible move in that moment because at that point Katniss and Hamish haven't told him the mm-hmm. whole truth and they're like oh Peter, what did you do but Katniss just like like I think she just sees so much more and more and more how Peta is like such a good guy and she says it so many times like she doesn't deserve Peta, and she kind of does it in a lot of ways. Hamish also says that he says you could live a like whatever you could die a thousand times and you never deserve him or something. I mean it's true because Peta's the best. Yeah like I love that Hamish is Peta's number one fan but at the same time he always, like, backs Katniss for some yeah. reason. Like, poor Peter, My man goes through it with a capital T. <laughs> yes. Also, I really liked this moment where, like, they're getting let off stage and then Katniss is like, I have to say something. And in her mind, I think she specifically says, like, I have to back up my actions and what I did with words. Mm-hmm. And it's because Rue's so- sister is looking at them and yeah. looks very unimpressed even though, like, Peter just made this announcement. She's like... I'm standing here and they're getting this, but I haven't said anything and that's the problem right now. It's such a good statement because, I mean, it's also, like, in the real world, not one without the other. Like, you need both. You can't just say things and not do things. And Mm -hmm. doing things without saying anything is also another issue. So it was really, like, a good moment for her, even though it also leads to the death of somebody (laughs) Death of multiple people. Multiple people. (laughs) Well, it's like, well, main main person, the old guy who does this call and stands up. And then obviously they had all planned their, um, like, their District 12 movement. Yeah, the three finger thing. So that's such, like, a game changing moment for them. And then they also, I also really love when they, like, go to that place where Hamish knows to go to, like, that was. one of my favorite scenes when Peter uh, loses his shit and he's like, you guys need to start fucking trusting me. Like, look what I just did. We probably just killed that family because I didn't know. Oh, I love that scene so much. <laughs> my note is, strong boy Peter, he isn't weak. Tell him shit, <laughs> Oh, I love that. That is like one of my favorite scenes from the book that really stood out to me when he actually said his ground and he's like, y'all are being stupid. 
I need to start trusting me. I'm also just, like, so intrigued by Hamish, and I'm like, why did he need that, like, room, and how did he remember that room? And Katniss even, like, ponders on that a bit, like, yeah. how did he know this was here? And I'm, like, just so interested. Also, I just feel like the scenes of visiting the districts are so descriptive and really, like, even though they're very short, especially the rest of them, it's just, like, skip through all the rest of the districts to get to the end. Mm-hmm. I feel like you get a feel for what the districts are like, though, when you're there, I wish we were getting insight into a different district in the upcoming series. It just seems like there's this huge world, and we're going to be going back to sort of the same areas just earlier, which is kind of disappointing. But maybe, like, in the book at some point, we'll go to a different district. I'd be here for it. He proposes at the Capitol, right? Is that where Peter proposes? But before that happens, the important scene that we need to talk about, which isn't really an important scene, but it stands out to me so much because of the movie and the book when they're talking about their favorite colors outside of the train. I literally, it's one of my favorite scenes. I don't know what it is. I think it's just like, because this is one of the first moments that they spend together just talking about something completely stupid and normal. And it feels so out of place. But at the same time, you're like, oh my God, my babies are just talking about their favorite colors. (laughs) And I just love that Peter's like, we have to at least be friends. Like, we can't do this without being friends. We can't do this just being like cool and indifferent and then trying to pretend oh wait and then on the train is also when they start Katniss starts having Peter come sleep with her on the train right yeah they start sleeping because they have nightmares together and this (laughs) is when you sort of really tell that Katniss is starting to like she's sort of starting to actually feel something for Peter because later on when they're I think it's when they're one of the parties that they're going to she's wearing an orange dress with fall leaves. Oh, yes. And she's like, oh, Peter will like this dress. And I was like, oh, my God. <laughs> I just, yeah, like, back to what you said about Peter. Like, he truly doesn't expect anything from Katniss. Like, he's, like, putting his whole heart out on the line. And he's just like, whatever I can get. Which is so sad, but also, like, so pure. Truly. That's something I wrote down later is, like, Gail gets angry at Katniss about running a- wanting to run away later on in the book. Mm-hmm. And I feel like the difference for them now, because I don't really like Gail anymore, <laughs> is that <laughs> Gail, like, Peta just accepts Katniss for who she is. Like, he mm-hmm. understands her completely. He just accepts her faults and all. Gail gets upset when she doesn't fulfill his expectations. Mm. And I feel like that's the difference I've been noticing, and that's what's been making me lean more toward Peta this time. Because when I was reading the books, obviously, I was like, oh my god, Gail is so right. Like, you should be revolting against the capital. Why are you running away? But now I'm like, nah, sis, run away. Like, save yourself. <laughs> I get you. I would do the same. Yeah, truly. That's such a good point. And, like, yeah. I think also Katniss, like, her dichotomy, that's not the word I want to use, whatever. But her, like, <laughs> problem with both of them is, like, she almost doesn't want to accept herself for who she is. She wants to be that person that Gail wants her to be. Mm-hmm. But her being with Peta is real, making her realize, like, oh, I can be myself. I don't have to be this person. Yeah, too. exactly. Okay, so, sorry. Back to the proposal. That's <laughs> such a good scene. That's such a good note. But also, we need to talk about them sleeping their nightmares away because that's the, one of the most, like, iconic things of the series for me, I feel I know, like. like, how dare you? The <laughs> colors, what's your favorite color? Me, How crying dare. in the background. Um, but the part where he, like, proposes to Katniss on Caesar's show and then, like, has to go and be by himself. And Katniss is like, what's the deal? Yeah. Like, she's, and then Hamish is like, he wanted it to wanted be real. Wanted it to real. be real. <laughs> I cried. <laughs> oh, my God. Oh, 
my god yeah like I feel like just entirely this book I was putting myself in PETA's perspective like Katniss yes I understand you I get where you're coming from but PETA was just so heartbreaking this entire time especially with what happens to him at the end yes and knowing what's gonna happen to him in the next book (laughs) he doesn't deserve it no Um. and then at the party that they have after all of this happens and they're at um, yes we're talking about the moment well, I was going to talk about something small. <laughs> oh, t- talk about something small. Okay, so the first. small thing I was going to say is I really like that Suzanne made Plutarch the guy who fell into the punch bowl in the first book. Yes. I totally forgot about that. And when I read it, I was like, oh my <laughs> god, I love this for some reason. I love it. He's so great. Plutarch and then R.I.P. Philip Seymour Hoffman. Yeah, we remember truly. you. We do. <laughs> um, this book is just full of iconic moments yep. that I feel like I remember forever in fiction is the one where, like, they're talking to Snow and he just, like, shakes his head and it's like Katniss's world just, like, falls apart. And it's such a small thing and, like, you can picture it happening at this where she can't, like, fall apart. She can't mm-hmm. fall apart at this party, but it just, like shakes her whole world and i could like feel that through the pages of like feel that emotion that she's feeling yeah and the fact that she becomes manic after like she's just like well fuck it i'm gonna die anyway i'm just gonna really enjoy this party i'm gonna <laughs> eat every single thing i see and then oh, we get and to they the also scene i forgot the, the part with the, the vomit throwing with the, yeah <laughs> i forgot about that a hundred percent forgot that that was a thing because it's definitely not in the movie that would never make it into the movie no ever. it was in the movie 100 percent it's in Wait, the movie because the whole scene with um, oh, Josh Hutcherson being yes, like, I right. can't believe like they throw up and people are starving oh gosh, back in I our forgot. district. Wow. God. <laughs> Fake fan. Because now I can remember the yeah. actual, like, what it looks like. I can picture I'm... him looking away and shaking his head. I don't know why. <laughs> I can't believe that made it into, like, I mean, it's a, like, really interesting thing. Mm-hmm. Like, it was such an interesting commentary of, like, and it also was, like, as a lot of this book is, is reflective of Roman times. Like, yeah. there's a lot of that symbolism. Because I'm pretty sure, like, Romans did that. That was something yeah, they that, threw like, up the for rich sure. Romans did. I feel like it was also just a, um, it was a commentary on capitalism, too. Like, the fact that they could afford to eat so much and then throw up and eat more. Yeah. And Kat, that's something that really pushes Katniss, like, over the edge. Because she's like, there's no way. Like, this isn't real. There's people literally dying in my district. Actually, it was Peter that said all that. It wasn't even Katniss. Well, but Katniss is like thinking it though, because she thinks about like all of the kids that she saw that don't. Yeah, have... yeah. But Peter's like the one that vocalizes it. This is the first time you actually see him. Like he says, "You think you can like them? You think they're okay?" And then, and then he just like cuts himself off. But in the movie, that's when he's like, "People are starving." Yeah, whatever. Um, also, uh, the scene with Plutarch, um, where he does the whole, like, watch thing. The watch thing, yeah. And then I was, like, I, I was already thinking about the clock arena and how good of a, like, plot point that is. Like, the clock arena is, like, as much as you hate it because it's the arena, like, it's so smart and so good. And also, that was, like, such a clever way for him to sort of hint at what the arena was going to be. Mm -hmm. Like... Genius. Even though Katniss literally doesn't get it, of course all. not. She's like, "Why is he showing me his fancy clock? I guess he doesn't want people to like rip him off." <laughs> I'm like, "No." Sis. Um, I'll probably mention this again when we talk about the movie, but that was one thing that I'm pretty sure I remember after I saw the movie for months afterwards. I was like, "Wish they would have included it," and a, and then someone told me, like, 
oh, they actually did film it, but it made it so obvious that he was on their side. Yeah, yeah, Cause yeah. Because when you're in Katniss's head, she's very confused and is, like, dancing around the point because she doesn't get it. Mm-hmm. But in the movie, like, if you saw someone literally go over his watch and, like, had the Mockingjay on there, yeah. it would be very obvious that he was on their side. So then they didn't put it in because they filmed it and they were like, oh, it's too obvious. We can't put that in. Yeah, and I think that's why I feel like this book didn't hold up for me is because a lot of it was you're trying to figure everything out with Katniss. But once mm-hmm. you've already figured everything out, you're like, oh, this was smart. Like, I see how she did this and that was clever. But it doesn't have like that same impact as like when you later on found out like, oh, my God, this was a clock. Like, that's what he did in the beginning. So like missing that sort of like satisfaction of figuring things out for me is not as interesting to me kind of like that's how my brain works I guess um also something that I think they talk about on the way back to district 12 like Katniss wakes up screaming with her nightmares and she was like Peta what is it like for you and it's literally like a night terror where he like can't move yeah and he just wakes up and is scared and I was like my baby and Peter, when he's like, oh, but, like, it's okay that you don't you don't have to wake up and help me because my dreams are usually about losing you, so when I see you're there, I'm okay. Ugh, I'm like, you need to stop. What a soft boy. <laughs> he's literally perfect. Literally. But I, he, like, it's so interesting because, like, he's perfect, but somehow it's, like, kind of believable, but then it gets, like, more real in the next book mm-hmm. for reasons that are sad. <laughs> um I can't remember how it happens in the movie, so I guess we'll find out later. But when she sees the video of the uprisings accidentally and is like, oh, shit, oh, this in is the movie, happening. She sees it on the train. Like, I remembered that because I was reading it and I was like, oh, it's interesting that they did it while she was at the house. Oh. Yeah. She's like, you remember so much more from the movie. Because I watched the movies more than I've read the books. So like, that's what like my brain thinks of when I'm reading it and comparing it to the movie kind of. There are some things, like, at the very end of this book, I just picture her being lifted up by that claw and, like, everything yeah, in slow motion behind scene, yes. Oh my god, yes. <laughs> like, I remember that distinctly, and the part where she is hearing the Jabberjays, like, those are, like, very distinctive, like, mm-hmm. things that I can remember. But, um, also, I was very confused, because I forgot about the whole Madge getting the Mockingjay pin from her aunt, who was oh in my the god, games. Yes. I completely that forgot entire- about that. <laughs> I was literally, I was making dinner while I was listening to the audiobook version of it, and I was screaming. That was one of the notes I made. I was like, oh my god, the the pin belonged to Madge's aunt, and she was in the same Hunger Games as Hamish. I forgot <laughs> that Madge's aunt was in the Hunger Games, and she was like, and in the quarter quell with 48 I completely kings. forgot that, so I was like, yeah. who is her aunt? Did she go to District 13? <laughs> no. No. Nope, she did. Previous Marine. She did not. And then, also, I just like laugh at Katniss being surprised by Gail saying he loves her and she's like she's like what is she I saying? never expect you know this. what you are to me <laughs> literally the worst thing you could say to somebody first she's like I know <laughs> sort of like the Star Wars but not as cute and then she's like but you know what you are to me and he's like yeah okay but <laughs> I'm your cousin I guess I just love that she's like in the book she's so shocked by it and i'm like you're such an idiot like what are you doing especially after the kiss like what what were you thinking because that was like weeks after that too so like yeah it was like a chunk of time longer than i think she just doesn't expect people to feel strongly for her in any way like i think she thinks people feel things for her just not like in any kind of like saying you love me kind of way and that's where like the disconnect is she also said um, 
later on, I think, I can't remember if she's talking to Peter or Gail, but when she's, no, she was definitely talking to Gail, when she's like, well, I don't have time right now to, like, think about having a boyfriend, I don't have time right now to think about kissing you, like, I have a rebellion, yeah. sis, like, leave me the fuck, so I, I feel like that's part of it, is, like, being romantic with somebody is so far from her mind with everything going mm-hmm. on, that when he says that, she's like, what the fuck, like, why are you thinking of this right now, basically? <laughs> yes. And then I also, like, I didn't, again, didn't forget, but kind of forgot about the whole part about Gail being whipped. Like, it was just like, oh, oh yes, How this is a thing. Okay, I didn't, oh, like, forget. I just, it started happening, and I was like, oh, no, <laughs> this happens. And I was so sad. I feel like as soon as she came, like, he left, and then she had the whole conversation, I think, with PETA between... Mm-hmm. Yeah, so I feel like from that moment, I was she like, tells oh. Gail about the uprisings, and then he's like, "Okay, we have to stay and fight." She's like, "But no, we need to run away." Yeah, and, and then, then that's when I wrote down to... like the Gail doesn't like he wants her to live up to his expectations of who she is and not who she actually is. Like, and the fact that she asks Peter five seconds later the same question, like, "If you, I asked you to run away, would you run away?" And he, with the question, he's like, "Yeah, what's the reason? Like, why are we doing this?" Like, he completely doesn't question her. Like, it's also a very interesting dynamic of, like, when she's asking Gail at first about running away, and she's like, well, we have to bring Hamish and Peter, and he's like, Ugh, Fucking what? Gail, Why? I hate him, though. <laughs> I hate him. He's like, he's Why the do worst. we need to bring him? Why do we need to have them with us? And then, like, Peta immediately, like, is like, okay, who's coming with us? And then, like, she tells him, he's like, okay, cool. Like, he just goes with it, and is like, all right. He's like, do you, is Gail going to come? And she's like, I don't know if he will. He, like, has his own things. And he's like, of course he does. Yeah, like, the way he says it. Yeah, he's like, of course fucking Gail's going to come. Don't, like, kid yourself. (laughs) Yeah. And then I just, I feel like the whole, like, again, PETA being my favorite person ever. (laughs) The whole Gail whipping thing, I feel like, is such a, not a shining moment for PETA. Like, it's such a moment for Katniss and, like, she realizes her priorities and how she feels. But, like, Peta steps up so much in this whole part. Like, when Katniss is like, you're whipping Gail, and she just, like, move without thinking at all. And mm-hmm. Peta, like, steps up for her there. And then when she falls asleep and she has her hand in Gail's hand later, like, when he's getting whipped, Peta literally goes to, like, wake her up and is like, you need to go to sleep. I'll stay up with him. Like, I'll yeah. be there. And I'm like, ah, Peta, you're too good <laughs> for this world. And even Gail realizes it, because at some point he tells Katniss, like, it would be easier if I could hate him. And I'm like, yeah, "Yeah, but you can't, because he's good. (laughs) The whole thing with Madge bringing Gail the medicine. Yes, oh my god, I screamed. (sighs) I screamed that Katniss got um, jealous when she's like, no, Madge is my friend, there's nothing between Madge and Gail. And I'm like, sis, you really don't realize. (laughs) Oh, bless her soul. I just love that Peta, like, stands up for Gail, and he's, like, gonna do everything because he knows Katniss cares about Gail not because mm-hmm. he cares about Gail but he knows how much Katniss cares about him so he's like okay by extension I will care about him he's truly the most selfless like you cannot uh, beat him I'm sorry <laughs> how did I ship Gail and Katniss what the hell was I on <laughs> as a teenager like I'm baffled that I read he's these the bad books. boy he's the bad strong boy he's not like a total bad boy He's just, like, the strong one, and yeah. Peter's the soft one. I was really not into soft boys, apparently, because I was wrong, and it's okay. <laughs> I've learned the error of my ways. Um, also, I, we talked about this before we started recording, but my old ass just realized that morphine and morphling are the same thing, I and I didn't believe know. That. <laughs> You're wild. 
I don't even know. <laughs> but also, I think Gail getting whipped and Katniss actually putting herself in Gail's shoes and making herself realize how Gail probably feels and how she would have felt in that situation mm-hmm. is so interesting. I'm like, oh, you didn't do this before? I mean, she didn't really have time, so that makes sense. But her being like... I immediately am jealous of, like, the fictional girl that Gail had to pretend to be in love with. And she's like, oh, that's how I feel. Yeah. Got it. Okay. I'm, like, halfway kind of tired. I think part of my reason for this scene, like, sort of being, like, meh for me was because I watched, there's this YouTuber called Kenny JD or something. She, like, used to do a lot of Korean-related videos, but now she does, like, uh, movie reviews of, like, of bad movies while she does her makeup. And the most recent one was about New Moon. And she was talking about how, like, when she was a child... She was really into the, like, trope of, oh, my near death will break you and that's how I know for sure that you love me. So I feel like that's what this scene was sort of like, oh, because Gail got so thoroughly, like, trashed, Katniss suddenly realizes she has feelings for him. And I was like, meh, this is very much of its time. Like, (laughs) 16-year-old me was here, here as a Gail Katniss shipper for this scene. And it still kind of hit me. Because I was listening to the audiobook, waiting for my friend for us to leave work together. And I'm, like, standing there listening to the audiobook while she's getting ready, looking into the distance. She kisses Gail, and he sort of wakes up, and he's like, hey, catnip. And I actually got, like, so emotional. My friend was like, are you okay? Like, (laughs) what's going on? And I'm like, he said, hey, catnip. (laughs) And see, we're back to, like, me talking about the Enneagram again. This is where, like, I think their conversation about, like, standing up to the Capitol, that's where I think I was like, okay, Katniss feels very nine here, mm-hmm. and Gail feels very eight. Like, if there's a chance to fight, we gotta fight. Like, yeah, he's not yeah. gonna go in blind, but he's like, if everybody else is, we have to, too. I was just like, okay, now she feels a lot more nine. Like, later books, after the games, she feels a lot more nine to me, which in the Enneagram, you can change numbers after very traumatic events. (laughs) Which I would argue that The Hunger Games is. (laughs) Yeah, so I'm like, I could see her going from an 8 to a 9, and just like like you were saying, being so tired of everything and just being like, I just want to have peace. I just want this to be done. The biggest difference, which is like the part we're leading into now, where there's still, like, it's before the games, but after all of this, like, beginning stuff has happened, Mm -hmm. is all of this has been cut out of the movie, but her finding, like, her finding out about District 13, which we'll get to, like, when she goes to the lake by herself, and she runs into those two people. I completely forgot that scene existed. I, like, kind I remembered it more than some of the other things, but yeah, I was like, oh, yeah, this was cut from the movie, and I, I understand why, because yeah. they can do some of the other stuff with, like, visual cues and, like, shorter time things, but it's such a powerful moment in yeah. this book. It was just really interesting, because... I feel like it's a lot more of a mystery for the audience in the movie about what the fuck is happening because it's very obvious as a reader when you're reading this now that District 13 is real and that everybody is working to help Katniss get there. Yes. And I feel like Katniss also knows more about, like, the rebellions and stuff happening. Like, she sort of knows something is happening because when she's in Eleven, like, they have that whole scene with, the like, the guy getting shot and everything. But... In the movie, she doesn't understand that there's an actual rebellion happening. But in the book, she's battling with the idea of, do I become part of this rebellion? Do I become the face of this movement? But in the series, which we'll talk about, like, the film series in the next episode, she isn't given a choice. She just is the face. So I feel like that was the biggest difference in the books that really interested me. Like, why did they change that from the books? Because I wasn't expecting it. 
It's snowing. Are you kidding oh me? Oh my god, Dad. Hold on, I'm gonna look outside. <laughs> and then I'm gonna come back because I have a I have a comment. <laughs> Everything just fell. <laughs> I love that. Everything fell when I got up, so that's fun. How dare. Okay, anyway. Katniss's like whole mental speech she has with herself after she goes up to go to sleep after Gail gets whipped. Um, her like she's like thinking through like protecting Prim and thinking through like all of that, and then she finally has the realization like the Capitol already hurt Prim. Like mm-hmm. they could just keep hurting her more. And then also this is another reason I thought she was a nine. Back to this <laughs> is she says a line. This is a leader should be someone with conviction. I'm barely a convert myself, which is very big. Nine energy of like not being fully like in to anything and like just kind of like floating a little bit through life and she really like isn't sure if she believes in the rebellion like she wants to but she doesn't know if it's going to succeed so she doesn't want to put her chips on it but um and then also her i really can't think about kissing when i've got a rebellion to inside i literally (laughs) wrote that quote down because i thought it was the most iconic thing ever like print that on a t-shirt for me and i will wear it but yeah back to what you were saying I forgot I was going to respond to what you were saying about what was the choice of her just, like, becoming the face rather than dealing with it. I think they just couldn't get in her mental headspace to do that Mm -hmm. because so much of her battle is mental. And that's why The Hunger Games works as a first-person book because you see Katniss, like, really battling with, like, do I want to be part of this? Do I not? Should I? Do I have a responsibility to do it? what's like what are the consequences of my actions and they can't really like in a good and concise and meaningful way put that in the script true it would feel very like here's let something we took from Katniss's head and we put it into a conversation it feels very Mm -hmm. forced yeah and I feel like what was so interesting about the book like the difference was that she acknowledges where she falls short but by the third book she realizes like just because she's not the perfect leader that everybody deserves she's the one that they're getting so she's gonna do her best to sort of like lead them to rebellion especially when they get into the arena in this book when she's like well i'm probably gonna die but i'm gonna make sure that the rebellion continues i'll just become the face i'll become the martyr like fuck it i don't care anymore yeah balls to the wall it's a great, interesting journey. I can't remember what prompted this, but I put a comment that said, Hamish is so jaded, and I kind of love him for it. I think, <laughs> oh, I think it's when Katniss goes to him as like, let's be part of the rebellion, and he was like, it's not going to work. You're, and then you realize at the end that he was just like trying to keep her away from it while they planned That's a everything. question I have that I want to talk about later is, how did they plan this? Like, how? Logistically? I do not know, but I just accept that it was planned. <laughs> <laughs> was he planning because no he wasn't planning it at that point no he was, he was. no he was because they said they after the quarter quell is when they started planning and this is before they announced the quarter quell so he wasn't when she told him about district 13 the quarter quell had already he... been announced because she went to the lake to escape everything is this no because this is bonnie and quill bonnie and twill happened before that i swear he was planning it before because at the end of the book she remembers everything from the previous like that she remembers everything from the book and she's like oh 
Like, how have they been planning this since before when Hamish was trying to get me off of their trail by saying he doesn't believe in District 13? No, he, this all happens, like, I, I maybe that conversation does happen after, but I can't remember why I said I thought he was so jaded. But the Bonnie and Twill stuff happens right before the quarter quell. Um, she goes to Bonnie and Twill, she hurts her ankle, she goes back and all the people are there. Yeah. And then she tries on her dresses even though her ankle hurts, and then the next day is the quarter quell. Yeah, so she probably doesn't because... have that conversation with him about District 13. I'm so curious why I said that he was jaded. <laughs> but, I mean, it still stands. <laughs> I mean, it's still um, <laughs> But also the cracker with the Mockingjay that they give to her, and they're like, you're on our side, we're on your side. And she's like, what the fuck are you talking about? <laughs> Bonnie and Twill cut from the movie because that would be a lot of explanation i feel like of district it would yeah it would have been too on the nose like you would have known after that scene that district 13 actually exists yeah and also you would have to explain like district eight is textiles and this is the reason and like there's not a good way to like explain all of that and um the fence being on is something i don't know why that's something i remember forever about yeah i remember that too for some reason i was like oh yeah i think maybe i was just so anxious about her dropping from the tree and hurting her ankle like Uh the anxiety spiked because all the moments where i had a lot of like feelings and anxiety like i remember all of those like with the quarter quill announcement like how it stopped my heart when i first read it and i was like no yeah like i remember how i felt after it like i my stomach still sank new like i knew it was coming because of how, like, Prim was like, oh, yeah, like, we were told that we're going to get your, like, wedding video. And she's like, oh, no, like, that just got filmed yesterday. And then it shows, and then there's a special announcement. I'm like, oh, no, it's happening. Like. Yeah, I forgot that they were. I forgot about the wedding dress trying on thing and that being, part, like, the lead into the quarter yeah. call. And that's how, like, they, like, kind of faked them out for it. Because they were like, oh, what's happening? Um, but, yeah, I remember. We talked about this maybe in the intro episode or maybe we didn't, but, like, this is the first and only book I've ever thrown at the wall because mm-hmm. I was so angry at it. And I remember doing that directly after, like, when it, this, like, line where she's like, I finally understand what this means. I'm going back into the games. I was so mad. And it was, like, 1 or 2 a.m. And I was reading it. And I was so <laughs> pissed. And I threw it at the wall. Yeah, I also threw, like, I was reading it on my e-reader. And I threw my e-reader across my bedroom, which was a choice. <laughs> Uh, but, like, I totally understand why it obviously didn't affect me as much this time because I knew it was coming. Like, I was still really sad when it happened. But I think, like, I still understood why it affected me so much the first time because, like, throughout the entire first half of this book, we see Katniss and Peeta struggle with PTSD about what the first yes. games did to them. And you are, like, under the impression, like, they're, like, oh, this won't happen again, though. Like, you're yes. going into it thinking, oh, they're going to have to mentor somebody. Like, you never for a moment think... They're going to go back into the games for a second time. So when it happens, you're just, like, devastated with them. And then when Katniss had her panic attack outside, like, when she runs out and she runs Mm -hmm. away and just, like, freaks out, that was what made me really sad this time. I was like, oh, my poor baby. I know. And then, like, it's so interesting seeing the differences in, like, how they react to it. And, like, Katniss even notices that, like, Hamish drinks. She also goes and drinks with Hamish after I love she that. is alone in the basement. And Peta literally goes looking for them as like, okay, we gotta prepare. <laughs> I love Peta. <laughs> and he becomes like this their like coach and is like, okay, we're all gonna be prepared. And also I just love that like 
Kat, one of Katniss's first thoughts after she starts thinking through it is like, obviously Pete is going to try to go in to protect me. Like he, that's the first thing he's going to think. And that was the first thing he thought. Yeah. Like when Hamish is like, when she goes to Hamish finally after she has her little panic attack and she's like, he's like, oh, you finally like did the math. Did you? He's already been here. And I'm like, oh, of course he's already been here. <laughs> Begging him to go back in and protect her. Ugh. And then that's when he says the whole, like, you could um, die a hundred times and you would never deserve him or something. Yes. At least in the movie, that's when he says it. And I'm like, oh, she wouldn't, but it's fine. <laughs> and then they start watching all the games and then they watch Hamish's games and figure out how he won finally. Yeah. Which- do th- they show a video of that in the movie? Because I feel like I distinctly remember seeing that. Do I don't think I, I don't Maybe think they I show just, it. Yeah, it all mixes together <laughs> in my head. I'm like, what did I imagine, and what actually happened? Because they didn't talk about Madge's aunt in the thing, but like, I, I don't even like think they, they mentioned Hamish's 48 people in the movie. Uh, I feel like that's something I learned. And then, the like, that like makes so much even more sense about why Hamish is the way that he is because yeah. like his was even worse than everybody else's. And also he was with like Marissa Lee or whatever her name was, Marissa Lee. And mm-hmm. she was like, I don't want us to have to kill each other and it reminds you of like Katniss and Peta and then she dies away from him and he holds her hand when she's dying. I'm like, oh my god, uh-huh. crying while I'm making my dinner. Like, oh <laughs> no. It's fine. I'm crying forever. Um also a line that I wrote down um, which is like I think it was like while they're going towards the capital or one of those because that whole like training montage thing is literally like a couple pages and then they're in the capital for the games. Yeah. Um, but she said, uh, I, no, it's right after they watch Hamish's games and she realizes that he outsmarted the game maker. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And he won. She's like, surely two people who have caused the capital so much trouble can bring Peter home alive or something like that. Little did like, they know. <laughs> Ugh. But yeah, I'm so, like, looking back at some of my notes, I'm so interested in how they planned this rebellion and planned mm-hmm. everything without the capital knowing. I'm like, they talk about their phones being tapped, so I'm like, how did they communicate? <laughs> how maybe did they'll they explain know? it in the third book. Like, maybe we just completely forgot. That they explain the whole thing. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, also, their costumes made me emo for the beginning. The Wait, what? ceremony. Their costumes... Oh, yeah, yeah, like yeah. coal burning embers. I uh-huh. love it. And the, when, I feel like that part, I feel like this is the part of the book where it becomes the movie. Like, they're very mm-hmm. faithful for the rest of this book to, like, exactly down to, like, lines that are said yes, to what happens like, in the movie. Exact. Um, I also, like, when Finnick was introduced, I texted Paige this, like, when he was introduced, <laughs> I had, like, a flash of him dying, and I was like, ugh, <laughs> I'm sad already. Um... Like, that's one of the other characters, like, how last, um, for the episode about the Hunger Games book, how we're talking about there's certain characters that we can't separate from the actor. Finnick is one of them. Oh, 100%. Where I cannot picture anything other than whatever the actor's name is. I can't remember Sam right Claflin. now. Yeah, Sam. I can't picture anybody other than him when I'm reading Finnick. He was just so perfectly cast. I also love all of the victors messing with Katniss because... He was like, it's because you're pure. And she's like, what the fuck do you mean I'm pure? She's like, I've seen things, but it's like, he's like, it's like, you know, like when you couldn't look at me when I was naked. And she's like, what do you mean? <laughs> and everyone's just messing with her to rile her up. And it when Joanna strips so in much. the fucking elevator, an yes. icon move. 
okay one thing i really truly did actually forget about was darius yes a box i have that literally Ugh. in all caps darius is an a box <laughs> omg <laughs> Uh, and we didn't really talk about this, but he, like, had stepped forward when... Oh, and we didn't even talk about what's-his-face, the new Peacekeeper in 12. Who well, was, he's like, the one the that... Bookings. Short, short the... story about Darius and the new Peacekeeper. Darius were introduced to in the hall when Katniss comes back from her initial hunting trip. At the beginning of the book, he is the Peacekeeper that comes toward her and gets a bowl of soup from the lady she sells her game to. Greasy Say. And, yeah, Greasy... Ma- say, greasy... Chrissy, you say. There we go. And so he gets the soup. And you, there's sort of like a camaraderie, like sort of relationship between them. They're very friendly. He steps forward when Gil is getting beaten to sort of being like, okay, you're giving him 20 lashes. That's enough. And he gets like knocked back. And the new um, peacekeeper, the head peacekeeper, who was sent obviously by Snow to District 12, um, obviously reports him after this because he can't have anybody who's going to like rebel against him within his peacekeeping corps. And... Then Darius shows up as an Evox with his tongue cut out, and Snow has very obviously put him in the District 12 suite so that Katniss can see what happens when people close to her uh, rebel. It's, like, I hate it, but it's such a genius writing and, like, move on, like, Snow's part as, yeah. like, he's so good at being a villain. I love it. Um, but I'm, like, I'm sad that, like, obviously that wasn't in the movie because... That would be too hard to translate all of that kind of, like, feeling yeah. into Yeah, and building a new character who means something to Katniss and seeing them as an Avox and all of that. Yeah, but also the moment where she's like, okay, I'm just, like, gonna hold his hand when she drops the piece to, yeah. like, really communicate everything. I was like, oh, my heart! So good. <laughs> I also love when they're doing their training stuff. Katniss is like, I love Mags, and I love... BD and wires. That's it. That's literally. I wrote that down too. I was like, "Oh my god, Katniss choosing only underdogs is on brand." He was just like, "All right, go in there, make some alliances." And she's like, "Okay, these are the people I want," and he's like, "Of course they are." <laughs> I also forgot about Finnick and Annie. We're just Annie as a character until oh no, she that about is Mags. When I read forward. fanfic as a teenager, it was Finnick and Annie fanfic. <laughs> like shit, that was my thing. <laughs> Uh, I just love how Peter wants to protect everyone. When he paints Rue! Yes, I forgot about Same, that. I also forgot about that. Until she was talking about, like, the cleaning product and, like, the yes. floor mat, and then I was like, oh my god, yes, he paints yes, Rue. Yes, exactly. Mm-hmm. Um, and then, is the part where she, like, shoots a bunch of stuff and everyone wants to be her ally, is that in the movie? Uh, yeah, because she does the whole okay. training montage with the new fancy equipment where it's the person who's, like, a digital orange blocky block. Oh, yes. Yeah. Yes. I remember now. See, you just should just ask me everything about the movie and I can tell you. I watched this movie so many times. Um, also, like, she's like, let's rip a dummy down and put Seneca. Put Seneca! I know! Also, she's I like, screaming. I have to do something worse than PETA. That's literally what she's saying. She's like, PETA did something really bad, so I have to do something worse, so I'm the target. And then they both get 12s because the capital wants to make them the targets of the games. Genius. Um, also into the interviews and the mocking J dress and Cinna's iconic choice that ultimately gets him. Like, I think that's really what gets him. That is what gets him for sure. That's what it is. I was like, I'm crying now because of the acts of rebellion Cinna makes with the dress. Like, as soon as she turns, I'm like, this is what made him die. And I started crying (laughs) over my onions. It's fine. And also like the subtle things of like, she puts it on and Candace is like, this is real heavy. Like it wasn't this heavy before. And you're like, you know, you know what's going to happen. 
he's like don't spin or lift your arms until like you're ready yeah but yeah that's a hundred percent what gets him killed and i just love that he's like okay i think she brings up again something that he said he's like i channel like all my emotion into my work and she yeah. like thinks of that again whenever yeah that he happens. said like i channel all my emotion into my fashion so that i only hurt myself i think you see Peta's smart brain in this movie you mean what he says the pregnancy thing yes like genius <laughs> genius like he's so good at strategy and he understands like the things that he needs to do because he knows katniss is gonna try to save him yeah so he's like okay i have to do this 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 and this so she can't and he and like i can save her <laughs> i feel like even more than just being smart it's that he understands people mm. in the same way that snow does which is yes. what makes him so dangerous to snow is the fact that he understands how people like snow would work and what would make yes. people in the capital like sympathize with them and like in the movie i keep talking about we're gonna talk about it in this episode but people start screaming in the actual movie but in this they all like cut everything out before anything can really happen well not totally they all hold hands and everybody sees them yeah but they don't have they like that out. physical reaction that we see vitruvius holding hands makes me emotional every time and sh- having that like show and also, like, later, because Katniss, like, again, like, she doesn't think she's pure, but she is so pure. Like, she's oh, yeah. like, oh, we all held hands. Like, maybe this will mean something in the game, <laughs> and it doesn't at all. Finnick, like, calls her on it. He's like, oh, but, like, just because we all held hands, like, that means that everyone's going to be friends now and no one's going to, like, kill each other in the games. Like, yeah. grow up. That's not how life works. Yeah, when um, they're, it's, like, after the cornucopia, when everybody's, like, mm-hmm. doing the bloodbath, and he's like, what, Katniss, were they holding hands? They decided to, like, have peace in the arena. Cinna getting beat up in front of Katniss oh my is God. Still, like, one of my most emotional <sighs> things ever. The worst. Like, I can picture it from the movie, and it's just so vivid, and it makes mm-hmm. me so sad. I also said, like, watching the plan Katniss doesn't know about unfold of her is kind of genius. Like, it's obvious, like, from the reader, yeah, not yeah, from yeah. the reader's point of view, but once you've read it and then you read it again, you, like, understand what's happening, and then you're like is excuse me like finnick with the bracelet i forgot to yeah. talk about that with like effie wanting them to be a team because that oh, was yeah. precious that was but, really like, cute <laughs> i love when finnick's like good thing we're allies <laughs> and and, like, yeah like i feel like i was like reading everything happening in quick succession because when you're in the arena it's only 24 hours before they're out again but yeah. imagine being katniss and everyone killing themselves to keep you alive but you don't know why they're all killing themselves to keep you alive like all the like the deaths happen so quickly one after the other once um mags steps into the fog from that moment yeah. it's just like one two three like they're all like dropping like flies like truly and it's really funny things that she sees in people that are obviously like them coming to terms with things and she doesn't understand that like how finnick just like looks at her funny whenever Peter runs into the uh the wall of the arena and like and she loses her shit and she she just starts like bawling and he's like i thought you weren't really in love with him and he's like but maybe you are i don't know (laughs) still sad about mags still sad about everybody to be honest the death that really got me like i knew mags was coming obviously because it's like iconic and it's part of the film but the second what what do they call them the morphine addicts Oh, the morphling, the female this, one that saves yeah. Peta. So the one that Peta is, like, and the way Peta describes, like, the colors to her oh. Oh. literally broke me. 
And she, like, paints his face. Yeah. Ugh. And he says thank you, and then she dies. Like, I'm sorry, that was too much for me. Ugh. Also, um, Joanna, like, bringing wires and beating him. It's like, I saved them for you. And like, she's like, what the fuck do you mean? Like, <laughs> she's like, what are you talking about? And then Finnick's like, I'm gonna go clean you up. And, like, takes <laughs> Joanna out. And she's just, like, cussing at the storm at everybody. But she's like, I wanted to be your ally, and this is what Hamish said it would take, right? Oh, my but, God. I love the chaotic energy that Joanna brings to everything. Uh, she's so chaotic, and I love her. Mm-hmm. And I feel like her backstory is really interesting. We don't get it until the third book, but when they explain what happened to her and what made her, like, such a, like, badass, mm. like, give-no-shits person. Yes. Um, I also love the whole, like, there's so much that's genius about this book and rereading it, like how you were like it's not a mystery anymore i'm just like looking at it writing and like uh like the clock thing is so smart mm-hmm. and how like wires figures it out and then katniss is like oh it's a clock yeah that and was then genius. It, like ugh, it's so good um and then i also just love like i said something about how like katniss is just so suspicious of joanna and it's because joanna's part of the rebellion and is like protecting her and doing all the stuff that seems very suspicious and i'm like katniss just shut up just let her help you yeah it was like you understood where katniss was coming from because when you're reading it for the first time with her you're also very confused about all the things that are happening you're like somebody's betraying somebody but you don't know what they're doing to betray them yeah okay also we can talk about the jabber jays and how emo yeah, and the way, was it, it was Finnick that talks her down after, right? Um, when he's kind like, of. They try to talk each other down, but then they, like, can't get out, so they just keep hearing everything. No, yeah. Finnick doesn't talk her down. Finnick is like, how do you think they got those screams? It has to be real. And then PETA afterwards is like, Right, when he's no. like, what happens when there's eight of us left? They interview them. Prime has to be there. Yeah, and BD's like, I, they could take, like, stuff that they do and change it completely for sure katniss is literally suspicious of everyone because everyone's just keeping Peta alive yeah and she's like why are you keeping Peta alive i think we and then she talks to Peta's like i think we need to break off and then they kind of see them starting to form that plan and they're like okay let's do this instead <laughs> i love the way they're out, trying to outmaneuver each other like they all want the same thing <laughs> like nobody <laughs> is talking nope um, and I also, like, until the bread came down, I forgot about the bread. Yeah. I don't think they keep that. I think that's no, something that's don't. strictly the Because that's too hard to explain. Yeah. But that's, like, the timing of everything. Let's talk about the locket. Oh, my God. Uh, I feel like that's my favorite moment between Peta and Katniss. And that's really testament to pure soul Peta, because he literally comes into the games with a locket with her people in it yeah to convince her that she needs to survive that's Uh. his whole goal that's his token his token (laughs) from home is literally something to convince Katniss to stay alive he says something about like imagining her future and like her having kids and I got a little emo because I was like she is gonna have that future they are gonna have (laughs) kids yeah neither of them know what's coming but it's gonna happen and then everything else just happened so fast like joanna hold like cutting the tracker out of her Mm -hmm. um brutus and inobaria for a second i got confused about inobaria because i was like she's not on the right team but then i forgot she stabbed beady yeah everything is very confusing from katniss's point of view because she's got a lot of blood loss going on i feel like the most convenient thing from the books was 
her seeing Beatty with that knife and being like, oh, he was trying to throw it at the wall. I'm well, going to yeah, shoot She suddenly remembers Hamish being like, remember who your real enemy is. <laughs> she suddenly just figures it all out. But then she remembers, I think it's because she remembers Hamish's gains. Yeah. Too. But it's it was still very, very convenient. Yeah, oh yeah, 100%. To be like, oh yeah, I need to shoot it at this, like, part of the, what is the it called? The force field or whatever. force field of, like, the little chink in the armor. Mm-hmm. That's another whole thing. It's like, I also, I loved her tiny little thing of, like, oh, I can hear the force fields, can't you? Oh, it's only <laughs> through the ear that the capital fixed. <laughs> Oh, and another moment that we didn't talk about, but that I loved from that, like, early stage, before... No, it was after Mags dies, and after mm-hmm. Finnick cries. Like, a moment of levity they have is Finnick's like, let's scare let's scare Peter, let's put our faces right oh, by his yes. face. That was the cutest thing, because it's not in the movie. And I was like, oh my god, I love this moment, because it's like, kids being kids, even though they're, like, killing each other in the arena right now. Yeah, it was just so good. That was a great moment. Like, yeah. it's And I love how she can bring those moments, Suzanne Collins, that is, of, like, just, like, small, light moments that you need in the middle of, like, this really, really heavy book. Mm-hmm. Like, whenever she gets onto, when she uh, shoots the thing, everything happens, and she gets up onto the force field and finally comes out of it. And so, I think it's maybe Hamish who is, like, when you live, the revolution lives. I was like, uh... It's such, like, a simple line, but it's such a powerful line. Mm-hmm. And she finally understands, like, the depth of what she is to everybody yeah. else. And then the end of the book, the most iconic. There is no, there is District, no District 12. 12. Oh, my God. So the audiobook adds music to oh my that gosh. last line. And I died. It was like, da-da-da, there is no District 12. I was like, this is so much, but so perfect. Well, we'll see in the next how they end it, because I was trying to figure out if that's also how they ended the movie, but we'll see. We will see. I don't remember. I feel like it is how they ended the movie. I feel I like it was that line, that. yeah. But I think they, I don't think they bring in anything from Mockingjay. Like, they don't talk, they tell her, obviously, PETA's not with them, and she's like, I'm gonna kill everybody. Yeah. Every single person. And Joanna, and then also, you know, Baria. But, yeah. like, I... Like, so, who did they say was in on it? It was Districts 3, 4, 8. I can't remember. Also, why was Chaff not with them? I think it was, like, because Katniss didn't trust him. And that's who the was whole that? He did. He's um, the District 11 victor, and he was Hamish's friend. Oh, yeah. I think he died in the bloodbath. I don't think he survived long. He saves, no, he he survives past, but he saves Peta from Brutus. Oh, well, he was obviously part of it, because he saved Yeah, he Peta. was part of it, but he wasn't, like, in their group, I think, because specifically because Katniss didn't trust him for whatever reason. I love- because he kissed her, <laughs> and she was not a fan. <laughs> <laughs> fair. Very fair. But it's just, like, so interesting, like, how, like, she's a child, so that's the reason she doesn't understand, but, like, if you're looking at it, you can obviously see- how much they are catering to her so they can save her. Yeah. Like, every single person, except for Finnick. Finnick is, like, the only one that, like, and Joanna. She doesn't really like them, but she's like, okay, fine. Mm -hmm. I'll be with you guys. Yeah, they have, like, their own reasons for doing what they do anyway. Like, personal, the ways the capital has, like, negatively impacted them and, like, ruined their lives, so. 
But what a book, man. I love it. I love this <laughs> book so much. Is it still your favorite book in the series, you think? Do you think it's going to hold on to that title? I need to read Mockingjay, and then I can fully give it. But I like it better than Hunger Games. Really? I like the Hunger Games more. I don't know. I think it's just because this was so much more mystery element. Like pl- It was more plot-heavy to me, less about the character development. And yeah. I feel like the Hunger Games was more heavy on the character because that's all you have going for you in the book. And I really enjoyed that aspect of it. Yeah. So we'll see how Mocking just... we'll see if Mockingjay like sort of gets both. Like if it gives me enough character and enough plot, then it might be the perfect book for me. But I may end up liking the Hunger Games the most. I I don't know. I think this had just some of the best PETA moments and that might be why it's my favorite. <laughs> <laughs> he really like he shines in the first book, but he's also like injured for a lot of the games. Yeah, true. Um, he is so very he much missing in the first book. He shines so much in this book. I know I'm going to love the movie. I already know. That I'm gonna, like, spoiler alert, I guess, for the next episode, I'm probably going to come in saying I really enjoyed the movie because it's my favorite movie in the series. The, it's so good. It's such a good adaptation. It's probably my favorite book-to-movie adaptation ever. I think it's the only one from this series that, besides the first one, that I've watched more than once. Like, I don't think I've watched the final Hunger Games, like, Mockingjay Part 2. I don't think I've watched that more than once. I don't know. I don't think I saw it since it's been in theater. Wow, same. That's gonna be such a trip. <laughs> it really is. Like, I can't wait to see I really distinctly remember about it. Like all of because I feel like when I was reading it, I couldn't picture the like industrial war stuff. But mm-hmm. I like so I pictured what was in the movie. Yeah. Yeah. Wild. What a time to be alive. Truly, it's gonna be so interesting. It is. But yeah, this was the Catching Fire episode. Which was much longer it. than either of our other two episodes about this year. No, the other one, the one about the movie for Hunger Games is very long because oh, yeah? it's about the excerpt of the new movie. Oh, yeah. True, true, true. So it was like an hour and a half. So it's fine. We're at like an hour and 19 minutes of recording time, which will probably not be the final episode length, but it's long. <laughs> We're well, trying. it's because you also left for five minutes to go look at snow in my... <laughs> <laughs> that's oh, that's an hour and 14 minutes. That's still long. <laughs> You're acting like that's the whole thing. <laughs> Sorry, I like snow. We will be back with talking about the movie next time. We're I'm very, very excited, excited for this. I cannot wait. So I might excited. start watching it after this episode ends. I don't know. We'll see. <laughs> Probably same. So we will talk to you guys later. Bye. Bye.